everyone. Welcome to the second edition of the Beloved by Clients podcast, where I'm interviewing people that have crazy experiences dealing with complex and challenging clients to dive into a situation so, so we can selfishly learn from everyone else's mistakes. I'm happy to be talking to my new friend, Chris Johnston, and um, he was a partner at L2D, and he was just telling me a story about uh, about a challenging situation. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, so you're 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 just telling me before about um, about how when you just started at L2D, mm-hmm. there was a nameless startup that uh, that had attached itself to the company, and you had to disentangle the situation. Let's mm-hmm. dive in. What what happened? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give it a tiny bit of work history because that'll, that'll sort of Please. back it up just a little bit. So I, I, um, I started in design, uh, specifically interactive design around 98, around that time. And I worked through you know, lots of different companies. And, and over the years, I got more and more interested in sort of the social science aspect of, of, of what we do. And uh, I, I enjoyed working with clients. I enjoyed doing the design part. I enjoyed uh, uh, managing and integrating with development teams, but I wanted to head a little bit more t- towards social science. So my last position before I be- started the LTD, I was actually looking to kind of leave, looking to leave design as, as, a, as an industry. And uh, it's not out of a, um, a lack of, it's not out of a, a reduction of appreciation for design is what it is. It's just, um, I, I just had spent a lot of time in the career path and I wanted to do something different. So I was headed towards <clears throat> pursuing a PhD in sociology. And um, I met these guys and there was, there was, there was a small firm and, uh, and they, they had some decent big name clients, some, some clients that were uh, that sort of internationally scoped. They were doing a lot of work for the federal government here in the United States. They were doing some neat stuff. Um, and um, unfortunately they kind of entered into some bad patterns and they needed some help um, navigating the waters of c- kind of client relationships. And so they were, they were looking for somebody that had experience. And I was coming off of creative director position that was successful. Um, and I was just kind of on my own doing sort of freelance work, consulting while I was mm-hmm. uh, pursuing this other avenue. What's that? No. I was okay. you on. Let's go. Interesting. Okay, cool. And, and, uh, and so they, uh, they were looking, this is about 2011, about 2011, they were looking for somebody to help them kind of navigate these waters. And, uh, and so I came on for, it was, it was initially going to be sort of a temporary stint. It was like a, I was going to, I was going to sort of bridge a gap, help them kind of get to the next level. And then we would, we would work through some of these issues and then they would hire somebody else in and then, and then I would kind of exit stage right. And, um, and one of these relationships that they were having a lot of difficulty with <clears throat> was with a, with a, with a startup and a startup, this startup was, um, and it was really actually I mean, pretty fantastic ideas for startups go, but I'm sure as, as you can attest Morgan, uh, um, really the idea is not, the idea is not really the value of the startup, you know, anybody, there are a million different ideas that come out all the time and we get pitched ideas constantly that are good, they, that are reasonable ideas and I can see how they can turn into something fruitful, but it's yeah. the execution of the idea and turning it into something that's actually functional that, that, that is really the difficult work, right? right? Whether or not you're talking about, <clears throat> you're talking about establishing hardware, you know, building software, doing UX, uh, engaging with the user, making sure that all of those sort of patterns work together in, in, in sequence. 
uh, and work well is, is the hard work. And so the gentleman that was kind of the, the, the founder of the startup had an idea and he was a really charismatic figure, really charismatic, um, uh, imposing figure in a lot of ways, even physically imposing. It was a specifically a strong personality. And, uh, and he, uh, he got connected with my two, my two current two partners or brothers. They're very nice, very nice guys. Genuinely want what's best for the client. Um, and, uh, and unfortunately, uh, they began a relationship that ended up becoming really parasitic, really parasitic. Um, the, uh, the, the, uh, the gentleman who was the founder ended up moving into their office on certain days and bringing his small staff who were predominantly made up of family members or friends um, into, into our small office. This is right. This is right when I was starting and, you know, I, I come in on a Friday and there's like four extra people sitting at desks in our office. And I, and I go to, I go to my, my now partners and I say, well, what's going on here? And they're like, Oh, this is, this is, you know, so-and-so. And, and these are the people that work for him and, and they, they come and work in our office. So I was like, so what's the, what's the what's the relationship and they kind of started explaining the relationship and they're like well you know this is a this is a thing that's got um um you know we've we've been doing work for him for months and we've been planning the stuff and we've been doing this ux and we've been doing these these comps and turning it into code and and it's eventually going to turn into this project <clears throat> and he's he's promised us some share some stake in equity now i'm, I'm sure that i'm sure morgan you've probably been down this road before too the, the grandiose, yes. yeah, yeah. The grandiose startup idea, and you know, we're all going to be billionaires, and and uh, and you know, you work to try to help out, and and um, and you know, unfortunately, a thing that happens a lot in our industry is that you end up with um, there are really strong-willed, charismatic characters that love to get involved with with small development groups, small small design groups that are really talented probably need to be charging more money for their services. And they, they, they do a great job selling them the bill of goods and saying, Hey, we're, you know, we're going to ride this all the way to the top. You just have to trust me. And, um, and unfortunately they kind of bought into that. They bought into that. So this is, this is interesting. I hmm. unfortunately know the archetype. It is far too common. I, so I, I want to try to recreate it from the eyes of the, of this gentleman. So, okay. so far you said, give me one example of something he did is like that, uh, which is a little bit annoying. Okay. He, he moved into the office a few days, but like that alone is like, whatever, because if everything else is going great, then, then that, then, then that, that, that isn't a problem. So, yeah, so, that's right. so let's, so let's talk about other examples of, of bad behavior. And, and then after that, we'll, we'll talk about how the partners, everyone was responded and, and dealt with it. Well, I mean, one thing that was, one thing that was a red flag for me was that there was never any, um, there was never even any conversation about, uh, about, you know, Hey, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to pay you back for this office space or my people are going to, they're, they're going to default to where you need to put them, um, you know, et cetera, like that, this is our office space specifically, we were paying for the rent and this is just a red flag. I'm like, well, <clears throat> these people are coming in, they're setting up stuff everywhere. They're taking desks that other people have 
And I was like, this is, this is my first week. And I'm like, what in the world is going on with this relationship? I didn't realize it was your first week. That's <laughs> my first funny. week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and throughout the week I've been dealing with this project's a little bit late. This project's a little bit late because they, and I knew that coming into coming into working with these guys, they grew really quickly at first. They were small, small group and grew really quickly, got a few large clients <clears throat> and really grew out of their skill set of being able to manage these folks. And so I, I, ended, I ended up basically in the first three or four days going on major damage control with a lot of projects that existed. And they were fine. The clients were okay. They just need to be communicated with. But then Friday rolls around and this additional staff shows up and they just start sitting at places and they're spreading out. There's stuff everywhere. I'm like, what is this? And they're like, oh yeah, that's this. This is a project. They take this time. We shut everything down in our pipeline and just work on their thing on Fridays, right? And, I, and I'm like, okay, well, we have other things we need, we've committed to. Can we get that done? Well, you know, he, this gentleman had opinions about that. So not only did he have, was he coming into the office? He also had opinions on like how we were running our own internal processes, right? Which he really shouldn't have as, as you know, when it comes to sort of that, at least from my perspective, when it comes from, to a sort of client and pipeline, uh, like how do we service the client sort of perspective? there needs to be a division between like what the client can expect and what we can deliver. And we need to be able to say, we need to be honest and transparent and say, we can deliver on this day, but we need to balance that against all the other Gantt charts for every other project and say like, this one's, this one's being worked on and this one's being worked on. And we can't move this other one off just because you have an emergency. So this, this gentleman had almost sort of, carte blanche on specific days to say you're not working on that and would go to developers or go to designers and say don't work on that work on this <laughs> and I was like whoa this is a really big boundary violation and uh and so anyway time goes by I try to kind of oh, I have a question yeah in retrospect because it's been a few years yeah from the eyes of this gentleman do you think it was purposeful bad behavior or do you think he was just naive it's probably a mixture of both honestly mixture of both. yeah I, I mean i try to i try to take an optimist view when it comes to sort of understanding where people are coming from i i, I have to especially in this situation i'm coming in as an employee that is a management employee but I'm going to be, you know, it's, it's a, it's a gap right. situation. Right. And I go, okay, well, this is a relationship they've developed. They feel like there's equity in this. I need to, um, I, I need to um, support this as well as I can and hopefully get it on the right track. Well, time goes by. <clears throat> so anyway, to answer, I'm sorry to answer your question. Uh, I think it was probably a mixture of both. I think they needed to be better about educating, but I also think that there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of machismo that was happening too. It was, it was a lot of like chest thumping and, you know, move your stuff out of the way. And this is, this is the way, this is what we're going to work on. And, uh, and my, my partners were, like I said, such nice guys, but in a lot of ways, very passive about these things. They said, okay, well, you know, we're going to, we'll, we'll address those now, you know? Um, and, uh, and so anyway, time goes by, we work for several months and uh, this gentleman enters into a, and I'm not going to mention each what which one it is because they're fairly well known. But one of these yeah. startup, big startup incubator contests, and and gets in. It was it's a good enough idea that it gets in, <clears throat> and uh, and he says, hey, there's this major North American city. He's like, 
I'm going to be going up here. We're doing the startup incubator. We're going to be working with these, these um, uh, mentors and they're going to take us through this thing. And then we're going to do this pitch in, in New York city. That's, that's plain vanilla enough that nobody's going to be able to figure out what it is. And, uh, and we're going to try to raise funding for this thing. Now there was still never any promise of, of, uh, of being paid back for anything. It was just sort of like, it was very pie in the sky. Question: You you had mentioned a little while ago mm-hmm. that you were promised equity. Was were any of those? Was the equity promise in writing or in specifics, or was it more? Trust me, one day I'll give you something when you have something. Yeah, yeah. The latter. It was, it was the latter. Yeah, it was the latter. It wasn't a which which. Um, but I, I I want to observe that's another red flag. Yeah. yeah. Where um, where giving people promises but not writing them down. Is, is a sign of lack of seriousness of, of the promise. I, I think that there was maybe an original statement of work. I think that there was, there was, some, there, there was some sort of, uh, uh, you know, eventually we would be given this for doing this sort of thing. But at that point, the statements of work were so loose and, the, and, and there really wasn't sort of a, an ironclad MSA to kind of keep this person yes. accountable. And it, it, you know, I think that those things are good. I don't, you know, yes. I, I think there are people that probably take offense to that and say, I should be able to work with somebody because they're my friend or because I'm connected to them in some ways. But in, in some respects, having those just really evens the playing field for everybody and says, okay, here's my obligation. Here's your obligation. We both signed on the dotted line and we can move forward together happily because we know we both have to meet an obligation. And, and they didn't, there was, there was none of, none of that. It was just sort of a general expectation of you get this thing done, which is v- extremely nebulous, right? And when I'm happy with it, then maybe there, there's going to be some compensation in the end. And um, by the way, as a, as a minor tangent on that, because I find that interesting, yeah. it feels like often in the world, they're like the two extremes. You're like a bunch of 23 year olds. Yeah, we're friends. We trust each other. Let's do this. Or I'm a nice guy. Yeah, I'll, I'll help you just pay me yeah, give me, give me $5,000. I'll do this. It's fine. And then at the other extreme, it's like lawyers with like these hundred page contracts that are scary. Yeah. And, um, but what's interesting about your case is it actually turns out in the agency world, there's this huge space in between these, those two extremes where it's like, where you need more sophistication and clarity than the young kid, but like no one, but you don't need, or you don't have the money for, uh, for, uh, for the, gazillion dollar minute lawyers and their hundred page contracts yeah, for, your right. stu- for a stupid little website. So this, this, so a lot of this ambiguity happens in this middle ground. Yeah. I mean, you're and on that, on that sort of spectrum, you know, I feel like it kind of goes from uh, really the idea becomes when you, there's a lot of lawyers involved, typically the idea is so washed down or the idea is, is so um, bastardized in some ways. There's so many cooks in that kitchen that you might, maybe you have investors, you maybe have angel, maybe you have companies that have come yes. in for series A or B or whatever. And then, and, and they all have what they're saying. And so you've had like the exponential growth of like legal documents, right? And that, that project is almost a non-starter, right? And then on the other end, which is where we were, uh, you have cult leader-esque uh, uh, figure, right? Who comes in that says, trust me, I've got, I've got the way of the future. And, you know, you just build this, build my vision and we're going to be you know, dancing off into the sunset. And, and that's just not that neither one of those are starters for me. Like we've actually done successful startup um, um, work. We've done work with startups that has turned into things that have been legitimate. But a lot of times that is a 
group that has proven themselves as, as a, as I don't know, either a company or an institution, they've already done projects that are successful and they have some capital and they go, we want to use this capital that we have our own, put our skin in the game, use this capital to build an MVP. And then, and we're going to build this thing. And then we're together going to go, we're going to put together a pitch that's going to raise the money that we need to continue to build this thing out. And, but if there's no, if there's, if the skin in the game is either, um, uh, I'm a cult leader, I'm going to lead you to the promised land or on the other end of the spectrum, it's, it's, we, our skin in the game is tons and tons of money, but it comes at the, at the end of a really scary tether. Um, I, I feel like those are definitely polar opposite ends of that, of that spectrum. And neither one of those are starters for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if, you, if, that, if that resonates with you at all, but hundred uh, percent. Uh, uh, I think a younger version of me was at the informal end and wanted to be at the extreme opposite end, but the current version of me wants neither of those and yeah. is, is happy in this, uh, in the middle ground. In fact, a lot of the beloved by clients style book, this podcast is all about helping people in the same middle ground figure out how, how to manage this, this sort of middle ground. That's great. That's fantastic. Um, now, now I want to hear what happens in the incubator. They went okay, to New York okay. city. <laughs> well, they, yeah. They will, they go to this other, there's another uh, major Northeastern city. You and I are very familiar with the city, but I'm not going to go into details. And they spend time at a, at a, on the campus of an Ivy league, Ivy league university with these mentors uh, doing this right, and he he this gentleman gets to this city, and and he he goes, hey, I'm kind of out of my depth here. I want you guys to come and join me, right? No, and, yeah. And so my two partners. <laughs> I didn't expect that twist. This is exciting. Yeah, my two partners leave, like for months, to go to this this other location, and they're like, here are the keys. Uh, we're, we're all going this direction. Uh, we'll speak to you. Right. And the, I legitimately think it's because they, they, they felt like, okay, we got into this startup incubator. Maybe things are moving forward. There's going to be something will happen eventually. This will be good for us, be good for him. And then, like I said, such nice guys, they wanted to see it through. And, and so they were like, well, we need, we need to help him out. He, he rents a house with some of the money that he's already raised. He rents a house, they move in with him. It's a really bad situation, right? They move their families and the whole thing. And like, they're living in this place for several months, going through this incubator with him, cranking out work, trying to do work for us. I'm, I'm communicating with them remotely and saying, and like I said, this is 2000, 2011, 2012. So obviously we, you know, things are a little bit different. It's not so easy to just zoom call all day. And, um, and he, uh, he's, but he's like really getting more and more irritating, more and more irritated because I'm demanding time from them because they're my business. Well, they're not my business partners at this point, but they're the two partners that run the company. And like, I'm having to kind of handle everything at home, handling our, handling our team, managing the studio at, as an employee that's maybe there nine months. And by the way, from, from your eyes, mm-hmm. it, it might like, even the frustration aside, it's like, wait, yeah. I just took this job and then the partners leave. Like, what's happening here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great because it showed that they had a lot of trust in me and our, our relationship, personal relationship, yes. 
professional relationship has continued to flourish really out of transparency and just mutual respect. But they, they, uh, I think that they were just thinking, well, we're just going to, we're going to do the best we can for this, for this guy. And, uh, yeah, and I, I don't know, hopefully we're running on goodwill and we're going to be able to come out in the end on this. So they go and do this. They go, in, they go to New York, the, they do this giant pitch. They come back here where we are and uh, where, where our studio is. And, uh, and money is not rolling in, right? There isn't, there isn't this, um, there isn't, uh, we haven't had all this like series A funding, these, these different things that we were expecting, these million dollar checks weren't coming in. There was some money that was coming in but it was really from kind of either local foundations or different things that were kind of involved in startup sort of startup acceleration. And so, um, so we come back to our office, we, we kind of need to move out of the current office that we're in, we're outgrowing it. And he says, well, I, I just got this office space down in this um, um, uh, sort of business development area, right? This sort of new, new and upcoming. They, it's, uh, I think that sometimes they call them like uh, acceleration zones. Uh, th- there's, a, there's a company that gave, gave him a grant to kind of get an office. And he's like, I have to have this office space. I'd like for you guys to move, move into the office with me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. to, for the company, for the company to get rid of its office and yeah. the whole company to move in. Yeah. And I, and this, I'm like, I'm like biting my nails, you know, and, and they've come back from this thing. We've finally kind of taken a breath. They're working on the projects again. Um, there was, um, we, we had uh, some internal uh, issues with maybe with a, with the senior developer. Uh, there were some things that were going on, but we, we were able to kind of settle things out. And then all of a sudden he's like, I want, I want you guys to move into this office with us. And, uh, and I, I was, I, I gave my protests, but at the same time, like I said, I'm an employee. I'm a temp, I'm, and I'm not even a, I'm not even like an employee that's dedicated my rest of the for my, excuse me, the rest of my career to this. This is just sort of like an intermediate position. So I say, I say, okay, well, whatever you guys feel like is best, we'll do. We end up moving to the gentleman's office. He's decorated everything according to his brand. Right. So now, um, now it's. Uh, the uh, you know we're we're living in his space. We're using our furniture to a degree, but everything it's it looks like we're part of his company. Like we've been absorbed into his company. He sort of takes this position um, uh, within the office, a real kind of almost in sort of an opposing uh, um, imposing position. He splits everyone up in the different offices, so there's no more sort of like um, really cross pollination between departments. And he makes it so that like he talks to very specific people. And, and so all of a sudden we've, we've moved from what we really love is sort of familial egalitarian sort of environment where, where you know, somebody who's a working in production can go and talk to a manager. Obviously there's still some boundaries there, but you, you know, we love that idea that we can be able to have those interactions. And all of a sudden it's now divided and really intensely hierarchical. And he's, he's at the helm. And it all kind of came to a head because one of our employees ended up really getting close with him. There was a bit of like kind of a um, um, this person became a confidant in some ways, and there was some real sort of it's kind of strange interactions. And and I, uh, I I came into the office one day. So this is here. This is this is how bad I'm getting so excited. What happens? <laughs> I came into the office one day, and uh, and he has hired this this uh, the head of this company 
has hired a developer specifically for his work, right? We're still doing his stuff, but he's hired a developer to do some, like projects that he has. And he's, he's taken my chair from my desk. And uh, he's taken my chair from my desk and he's given it to him. And so I come into the office and I'm like, and this, there's this brand new developer sitting in the back of the, of the office and he's got my chair and I don't have anywhere to sit. And I said, I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know where, where did my chair go? And he comes storming out of his office and he gets in my face and he says, that's my blankety blank chair. And he said, that's, that is, that is not yours. And I'm like, uh, I was like, what, what, I don't know what I'm going to do. He's like, I don't know what you're going to do. And he, and he like, but he like starts flexing. Like he's going to, like, he's going to punch me. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <clears throat> and all of, all of a sudden the air, the air is clearing for me. And I'm seeing this guy hates me. This guy hates me because I've been a bit of a thorn in the side. Yeah. Like we need boundaries. We need this. We need that. Right. And the, and my current partners run out and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then everybody, everything subsides, you know, hey, they have to jump in between us. And he's super mad. And he goes running out the back and there's, you know, and he's cursing and there's this whole thing. And I, I leave, I leave for like the rest of the day. And it, it was, it became that, uh, uh, I don't know, in, in some ways, like incestuous, like the, 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 the environment that it, it, it was like breeding these really weird interactions. And that just kind of took it to the nth degree. And then our employee, we found out that day, our, our employee left to go work for him. Like he recruited one of our senior employees right at, out from underneath us to go work for him. Um, and, it, and it just ended up being really, really bad. So we, uh, we were like, okay, let's get out of here. Let's do this. <clears throat> and we, it came to a head. I had to, I had to go back. I had to talk with him I talked to him in the parking lot. And I was like, I, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what I did, you know, let's just shake on it and just work through this. And he was like, you know, okay, you know, I'll do that's fine. I'll, I'll work through this. And, uh, and, and we, I, I said, listen, you know, guys, I talked to my partner the current partners. I said, listen, we need to settle up with this guy and just move on. Like things have to change and we get, but we have to get out of this environment. This is just terrible. And, and they completely agree at this point. They're like, that was way over the line. We, th this is not turning into anything that we need. And I, and I, I say, okay, if we were to just break even, we were to take our break even money, um, and, you know, and give him a bill basically for the hours that we put in for the last year you know, let's do it. Right. And, and let's leave, let's just get out of here. And so we do, we can get this kind of invoice together. We say, this is how much money effectively we put in for this, this year at, at break even costs. Like, you know, I mean, we, you have this, we're profitable here. We're making, this is what we want to target, but this is just us keeping the lights on. Yes. That's what we were. And, and it was, wait, so wait, wait, just to be clear yeah, for the whole time until this point or the previous year, there had been no invoice. No invoice. But since we started, they, they hadn't even been, been paid for anything. Nope. Not at all. Not all. When your story is over, we're going to discuss some lessons from this. Okay. But, okay. but I'm so excited. So <laughs> I like what. <laughs> so he, so he, we, they give him this. By the way, there's no yeah. way he pays it. Like, uh, 
Uh, no, he, he, he turns into a spectacle. He, he, which is, you know, part and parcel with his personality. So he, he goes and he gets checks because he had, he had money. This, yes. is, this, this, this man was personally wealthy yes. already um, from family stuff. And then he also had, he had money that was coming from, from other people that were granting him sort of startup money. Nothing, nothing to where we felt like we could grow, but yeah, there yes. was some money. And so he goes and gets cashier's check of, of this and he orders pizza for the whole office and he gathers everyone around. Okay. And he puts the check down and he says, here's the check. And he goes, I, he goes, you guys can take it and we can end this relationship and he says, this is the higher office. This is production. Right. This is every way from junior all the way up to, to ownership. And he goes, you can take the check and we can end this relationship or you guys can, you guys can follow me and we can turn this into something great. <laughs> These are our wow. employees. Wow. Right. And, uh, and I, I wasn't a part, I wasn't part of, um, I wasn't a part of, you know, the actual right. company at this point, just an employee. So I didn't, I didn't have any say in what actually happened, but the check was in some ways just red herring. It wasn't, it wasn't actually going to turn into real money. I think he, I think he ended up kind of reneging on that, on that promise. We ended up moving out, went into total, I mean, really, cause we didn't have an office anywhere. Wait, 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 hold, wait. The check didn't turn to real money. I'm a bit confused. He had a spectacle. He said, everyone here's pizza. Here's the check. Yeah. Do you want the pizza or do you want the check? What did your What did your partner say in response? Well, oh, give me some pizza. <laughs> well, effectively, they were like, they were like, well, we need to talk about this. This is out of this. This we don't need to have this conversation. So they went and talked about it privately, and then you know, really when the, when the when it came out in the wash, they ended up just kind of saying, well, we're just going to walk away from the situation. We don't want to have anything to do with this anymore. And, and, and the check was coming with a certain expectation that you are going to be held to finishing the thing that you said you were going to finish on the original statement of work. So, so this real pie in the sky statement of work from several years before that I said was really loosey goosey and, and right. there, you know, there wasn't yes. any sort of ironclad contract. You, we were going to be held accountable to that or there was going to be legal repercussions. So you can take the check. We're gonna, and then you're forced to do the work and then you guys can walk away. And it's like, wait a minute, we taking what, what, what do you see success out of this? You know, like, does this need to be a functioning startup? Do, do we need to make all of your hopes and dreams come true? And then, then we're out of, out of, out from under your thumb. So as far as I know, that's kind of how the conversation went. And then we went, uh, but we, you know, all that I know is that as an employee at this point, we ended up moving out within like a week. We were just, it was, it was damage control. Let's get so, out of here. So move, move, moved out within a week. And also that money never came. So it's like, we're just yeah. going to lose money for the last year. That's right. It was just sort of insult to injury. But I think that we knew that it was such a toxic environment that we had to, uh, we just had to get out. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really glad that they took that. And, and I mean, we were, we were a solvent company. We've always been a company that believes in bootstrapping. We have savings, you know, we, we've never lived on credit, things like that. So we had money and we were able to survive, but it was really lean, really, really lean. We actually moved into, we were such a small company at that point, I think maybe 10 people. 
we were able to move into one of the partners like living rooms. Cause we had no, we had no office. We had nothing. We we're just like, we have, we know we have to get out of here. And we went with right. the trucks, moved everything out and just moved it in there and worked, worked from like ping pong tables for like four days or something like that. You know, it was, we just did what we had to do. And then we, then we ended up moving into a second, another office pretty, pretty soon afterwards. But it, it was, it was just, it was one of those, one of those times. And specifically for me, it was really, it was really visceral, right? Because I, I had this confrontation with this person and uh, you know, in retrospect, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. I, I, and I don't know his mental state. I don't know if he was stressed out. I don't know if there's money woes. I don't know what was going on, but, but uh, it was one of those things that like, it was like a, it was like a, a car crash in slow motion. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. And, and in retrospect, they look back on it and go, Oh, you know, I can't believe that we did that. Um, and, but it would, has been great because we've been able to learn. They were able to learn a lot about how we handle startups and how we handle engagement. And, 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 uh, oh. and we've, we've had similar pitches since then we had a pitch from, and, and once again, I'm not going to mention anybody, but from a, from a, a, a Russian gentleman who's local, who is a, uh, who is ma- who made lots and lots of money in, uh, in, in Russian real estate during the Putin years. And he came, came here to the United States and he was, he was a very strong personality and he wanted, he would just show up, um, show up out of the blue at our offices and just come in. He wanted to, he wanted at one point his daughter to work for us. And he was like pushing, almost like pushing her on us. Uh, it was, it was just one of these things. And there were all these red flags and we're like, we just can't do it. And it was great because it was, I really saw it as a, as a uh, hurdle that we had kind of collectively jumped over and gone, okay, these, these are going to be toxic relationships and we can see them kind of a mile away. So, so this story is amazing. I love the ending. Thanks. I love the confrontation over the chair yeah. movie version yeah. coming soon. Yeah. Now let's analyze that story. And I want to think in particular about, um, of basically about red flags to notice, like the specific things to notice and, um, and also thing the, the related but slightly different question of things that knowing, knowing how to work with clients in a more mature way now, things that, that you think you or your now partners should, should, have, should have done differently in retrospect. So, so one general theme mm-hmm. is that good fences make good neighbors and documentation, like just and clarity or broadly. This is yeah. my role, this is your role there. So, so that, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the overarching one. I think a more subtle, uh, or a more subtle lesson is make sure you get paid on a regular basis, no matter how much you really like them. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think that, I think that those are both really accurate. Um, I think about um, and, and what's interesting, especially when like your friends, oh, of course they'll pay me. Like we all like each other, we're all in together, and you don't really need the money. You're you're, you're not thinking about it, and often dealing with money is <clears> icky. <throat> who kind of yeah. wants to talk? Who wants to talk about it? Oh, just throw it off. But we really have these these liberals that 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 when 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 oh, basically what's interesting. One of the interesting characteristics of money is money forces clarity on situations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh, so like if someone's an asshole and they're not going to pay better to find that out sooner 
after three months of work or one month of work rather than a year of work. That's right. That's right. Um, I mean, one, one thing that we've done and in, in, in sort of institute is we always have a discovery phase together that we work through with the client from the very beginning. And we want to test, we do that so that we can not only learn more about what the project scope is, and so we can actually scope it fairly accurately, but that we, uh, we have that interaction with the client and we can present something, we can present some strategy and we can see what their response is to that. Um, another thing that we do is we do a lot of, and this, this, sound may, this might sound kind of creepy, but we do a lot of uh, personal intel on clients. When clients are coming we in, love it. <laughs> we, we have to, you know, like I, I search legal databases and we check all of their social media accounts and we do those things. I mean, people are going to leave a trail of dead. You know, if they're, if they're a toxic person, they're going to do that. Um, you know, and, and I think that, I think it's, it's great because designers, developers, uh, and, and people that work in e-commerce or people that are working in, in consulting and within our field, they, I think we love to have rose-colored glasses on because we, we want to think that we can change the world with some of what we're doing, you know? And, and, and so we look at people and we go, okay, well, I'm going to take the best possible side of them and I want, I want to work on this because they have a good idea and maybe, maybe it'll be something that will turn into something that's fantastic. But um, but we also have to be realists about this. You know, we have to, we have to protect ourselves a little bit, you know, we have to say like this, this might be, this might not be great. And I think it would behoove us a lot to spend a little bit more time <clears throat> sort of studying the patterns of abusive relationships. I know that that seems like a, a really bizarre parallel to kind of working in an agency, but these relationships take on very, uh, or relationships with sort of toxic folks in this way, take on very similar patterns. And, and, and knowing that kind of like, I love you, I hate you type of like uh, wax and wane and abusive relationships um, it, and, and like broad scale sort of manipulation. I mean, the, the, the check pizza thing, that was like, that was, that was in some ways kind of a master stroke of manipulation right? You're talking to a whole staff of people who don't have any understanding of, <clears throat> of the sort of the, uh, the, the fiscal, fisc fiscal relationship. That's right. And, and, uh, and, or, or what's going on behind the scenes. And they, and you basically say, you know, you, you can take this and, and be base and walk away with this, you know, sort of uh, payoff money, right? And then, and then go do this other thing, or you can, I can appeal to your higher nature and we can collectively change the world, you know? And, I, and, and you know, I, it's so tough because that there's an immediate sea change towards seeing this person in a positive light if you don't have any context for understanding what's actually going on behind the scenes, you know? And uh, that's, that's that style of relationship. That's that style of engagement. And that, so that's something we've really learned to be super sensitive to. It's like, how are they speaking? Is, if a person comes in and they have this great idea or whatever, how are they treating us? How are they treating our employees? You know, if they have a conversation and we bring a, we bring a, a dev in or we bring a designer in who's, who's maybe senior level, junior level, are they speaking to that person? Are they treating that person like a human being? Or are they, uh, are they using manipulative tactics against them? I know this sounds really bizarre, but um, sort of understanding sort of the subtleties of human interaction, I think is been a huge benefit to us really weeding out bad actors. So by the way, I agree a thousand percent and I really get general framing. I think it would be useful for anyone watching this, I all two of you, 
um, it would be to just articulate some of these specific details or risk factors to, to notice. Uh, to notice. So one that, that you're implying from the pizza situation is making private conversations public. And uh, like, like just doing that, like, uh, like doing that or under any circumstance is a red flag. Exceptions if everyone agrees and if we discuss it, hey, let's let's go fight. But but when but immediately like unilaterally taking something private and sensitive and 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 showing it to the group, that's a that's that's a that's a, that's a very a very good red flag. It is. It is exactly exactly. Um, um, I th- yeah. I also think the my my instinct is something that's different but related but slightly different is penchant for spectacle. I don't think I've ever said the word penchant, penchant, however it's pronounced, the penchant for a, I see it written, I don't say it much. Uh, the penchant for a spectacle is another risk factor as, uh, as well. Because if someone's putting on a spectacle, that by definition means what, what the spectacle is, is they're adding layers on top of the reality. And you always need to understand reality so even if it's a fun and a good, like this happens to be a bad spectacle, but if it's a fun show, like there's still the layers you need to then unwind in order, mm-hmm. in order to figure, figure out what's happening. So maybe be warned of the spectacle type. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. And I, I do wanna make sure to draw a distinction between somebody who's, uh, somebody who's toxic and somebody who's a strong leader. Um, you know, I, I think there is a, there's a trend in our industry to flatten out every hierarchy. To, to say there is no distinction between somebody who's junior or somebody who's just walking in the door and somebody who is, uh, who's a, a partner, C-level or, or a director. And, and I, I do think that it's good to f- kind of fraternize ac- across those lines and have feedback. Um, but at the same time, there can be strong leaders. There can be strong leaders who can say, hey, I have a I have a voice and direction and I feel like we, we should, we should take this. I think that the key difference is, is whether or not somebody can, can bring a group in with that and, and help everyone feel like they're contributing to that. And if that person is actually adding value there, you know, if the person, if, if it's sort of just you're, I'm running purely on charisma, I'm the ideas guy, I'm the whatever, you know, it, it ends up with, I, I don't know, were, did you watch the UK version of The Office? No, I Okay, never so, so Ricky, Ricky Gervais's character, David Brent, it's, it's very similar. It's sort of, it's, it's, uh, it's like he's all talk, but it's really vacuous, right? And, uh, and he's, he, it's a great character, but that's, you end up with this sort of like, it's just kind of a, I'm a force of nature, talking head personality, and I just want to, make everyone fall in line with what I'm doing, but I'm not really bringing anything to the table versus somebody that goes, I'm a strong leader and I have an opinion and I want to take our team in a direction and here's why. And you, and that person goes back and kind of sells the idea to the people that are working on the project. But those people have had feedback, have the ability to kind of have feedback there. Those are two very different personalities. So that, that's my only caveat is I just want to make sure that there, I do draw a distinction between those two things because great companies, great companies, yes, they're built on the people that are, do, that are actually working in production, but they also have leadership that, are, that have, a, have an opinion and have a perspective 
and can, and can really relate and encourage people that are working for them. Um, I, so, yeah. I, I like your distinction because yes, I, I agree. It, it makes sense. I think if I were to argue with myself, I, I just made the argument to where people were putting on a spectacle. If I were to take the other side of that point, I, I always like the etymology that the English word person comes from the Latin persona, which is the Latin word for mask. Mm-hmm. And I always think that's powerful. Like who you are, your person, it's literally a mask that you wear. And like masks, like the what you cannot be in spectacles that is theater. So, so like the, the, the etymology itself uh, t- t- ties in on the literal level as well. And, and what I mean to say is in a way, everything is a mask and, 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 and everything is, uh, everything is a, is, is a spectacle. So you always need to be trying to see to see what is below the surface, no, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you're if you're working in leadership from the reverse side, understanding that you maybe have that mask, right, and being able to kind of reveal and be vulnerable in some ways about like what are the things that are what are the things that are driving me in this direction, um, um, and and being able to kind of uh, be open about who you are with your employees or with the people that are within working within your group. By the way. Yeah, I, I agreed. You made a minor point a few minutes ago. I just want to click back in the browser too, because I think I might disagree with it. So I want to okay. I want to yeah. talk through what you said in passing that it's good to fraternize the juniors with the directors and so on. So my personal take is I actually don't think that's that's good. Like, okay. I, like every like lots of companies uh, have team lunches and team groups, and I personally don't go to that. Partially, I kind of hate most people, and I just, I just, I just want to be alone. But ig- ignore, ignoring that, when there's too much fraternization, you mentioned a little while ago talking about the bad client. Oh, uh, he became really friendly with one of our employees, and we found out he hired him. Yeah, 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 when there's yeah. a lot of fraternization that happens, and fraternization is, in fact, in a way, kind of the opposite of good boundaries make good neighbors. So an interesting challenge is like, how do you fraternize just enough, but not too much? That's a good question. That's a good question. <clears throat> I think it really depends on the size of your company, for sure. You know, That's... if you, you, you know, and I thought I also think it's, um, I think it, it's also closely tied to how you're fraternizing. You know, it's one thing I think for you to to know your team, right? To know your team and the team that we're talking about from more of a management perspective now, but to yes. know your team, to know what's going on in their lives to be able to be sensitive to the fact that they, that they have complexities as well. Right. Um, And it's another thing I think to go, you can rely on me for anything, bro. Like anything that, (laughs) yeah, yeah. We're, but we're, we're super close buds and everything's the same. And let's just, let's just flatten this out. And if you have any problems, you know, if you have a problem with my partner, you can come and just like blast them to me, you know, like that's, that we you need to have those two those two spheres don't need to intersect at all right and i think i think in the same way that we have to draw these sort of contractual boundaries there has to be these sort of uh, unspoken boundaries where you say you know i i don't i don't mind having a conversation with you let's get let's grab a little lunch let's talk through some of the issues that you're facing let's do these things but when it comes down to like we're super close buds and we're going to go have, we're going to have drinks and we're going to you know, figure this stuff out together. And it's me and you against the world. And that, that, that blurs the lines of hierarchy. And that I, I agree with you in this way that it undoes what we need 
in, in, a, in a functional office day to day, you know, being able to kind of go, here's, here's a directive. I need you to work on this. If I can't, if I can't have that relationship with that person and there be that division, then I can't ask them to do things and actually really kind of demand that it gets done, you know, and that, that undermines sort of the point of office hierarchy. So that, that, that's where I'd agree with you. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Thanks for drawing that out. I think it, I think it needed a little bit more clarification. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting point. So now, before we wrap up, any other, I think we, we're clear on the higher level, uh, higher level lesson of your mm-hmm. awesome story of the importance of boundaries in, in all these different ways. I'm wondering if there are any other specific little, a little, a little lessons, like beware the spectacle. I actually, I, one that is obvious, but I just want to say it directly because we haven't yeah. said it, uh, sure. said it directly. So in case it's not obvious for someone is um, huge red flag to, let a client move into your office or vice or Absolutely. or or vice versa. And it's tempting to understand, especially when you're young and you're starting out, oh wow, we can save a thousand dollars a month or we don't need to use, you know, use my living room. So yeah. uh, so so it's tempting. But that but that's this uh, massive ba- boundary blur that leads to exactly the sorts of situations we're, we're we're talking about. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. And that, yeah, that, that ties into all of the sort of uh, relational or physical manipulation sort of stuff that can, that can sometimes happen um, from a, from a more of a kind of corporate perspective, I'd say, I, I'd say a huge lesson is to continually work on your contracts. I mean, I, I, I end up doing it a lot. I talk, you know, I talk with our attorney some, um, I end up doing a lot of the contract writing just cause I, I kind of have a, a a little bit of a gift for doing that. And I run that by sort of our attorneys, but our, um, our contract has continued to evolve every single year. And there are some people I think that are taken aback by the complexity of our contract. It's very, it, I feel, I feel, and I've had, we've worked, we've done work with, you know, international and I, I don't know. I, I, I went with, I did work with an international petroleum uh, corporation, large, really large, probably top 10 in the world petroleum corporation. We did this work for, and they're, uh, they were, they were great to work with because their lawyers came back and they're like, this makes sense. This contract makes sense. They had some edits, they had some corrections, but it, for the most part, it's equitable on both sides. We can work together on this there. But um, one thing I've noticed is that if we throw a contract at somebody and it's, it's pretty good, pretty good ironclad contract, even if it's equitable, if somebody balks at that, they, uh, it's typically a red flag. If they balk at the documentation that you really need to establish or your process, right? We, we do a discovery phase. We have to write a statement of work specifically for that. You pay for that before we ever give you a scope for something else. Like if you don't, if you balk at that and you balk at our process and you balk at our contracts and you say, oh, this is way too much. This isn't fair. This isn't fair, whatever. Then there's a pretty good chance we're not gonna work well together. Um, and you're going to try to kind of manipulate the situation. We had that. The ha- we had this happen just this past summer with, with a client that was trying to kind of move in and work with us. There was a lot of demands. We he wanted it done immediately, and he he was he wanted everything explained, and and it was we we backed off of it really fast. And it and I think from the, the onset, the better the relationship. It was obviously we can't tell that's, because that's you know, my personal the engagement didn't. No, I I agree 100. percent I think. Sadly, this is a lesson that comes with age and experience. Yeah. 
So, uh, so our agreement says perhaps means we're getting old. Um, yeah. <laughs> also <Thanks>. with, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but we're very hip though. That's the thing. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, oldest defined as anyone more than 15 years above my current age. So, okay, okay. Th- so therefore I'm not old. That's right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I like that definition. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought of it the other day. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, so I like it. I think a real world challenge with implementing your awesome advice, other than when you're too young, you just aren't sufficient to realize the importance of contracts is I think, especially when you don't have enough money, you're not making enough money. It's like, Oh, okay. They want to change this. They don't like it in this way, but look at the zeros at the end of that check. And, yeah. and so even though, you know, it's a risk factor, wait, they, they don't like the contract, the process, so you see the risk factor, you just really need, you know, they, that, that, that money and it's, and, and big checks are hard, are, are hard to resist. Note, I think the worst situation is when the red flags are going to be a bad client and there's no money, which is a reason why this startup situation is so compelling. We're starting with no money and these crazy red flags that that's the worst, but the ones that, that are, that are challenging in a different way is is, is, is where there is money, but the same red flags. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's complicated for sure. But. It's complicated. Things we will discuss in future episodes of the Beloved by Clients podcast. Chris, this was so much fun. I often chat you that we should, that we should uh, chat, we should video conference more just because it's fun. Maybe yeah, we should yeah. do this again without turning it into a podcast just to hang out. Uh, yeah, I'd love it. I'd love it. Anytime. So, okay, now now I'm going to press stop. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Bye. Thanks, bye.